Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Foundation My Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. We're back with season two, episode eight, titled The Last Empress and Newsflash. She's not the one on the statue that we saw in the previous episode. No. No. Do you think the last empress is Demerzel? Yeah. 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 I think. I mean, she, I think she's the current empress as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it seems that she thinks that as well with that ominous, long, evil stare. That one moment of respite she has while all the humans are asleep. And jumping across the galaxy, she gets to be her true, evil, robotic self. Yeah. You know, did, <clears throat> didn't we get a question from Day in season one as well when he asked, what, what do you see when we're asleep? He asked the same question here. She probably sees all of her evil, evil ambitions over the last yeah. 12 generations. She's like, this is my time to plan and scheme. <laughs> you think we're going to get a flashback episode of just the beginning and her and Cleon, maybe something went wrong in the history of that room that we find the undefiled Cleon the first in or mm. dust the one, the one that dust finds him in. I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like they could communicate a lot of that um, without having a full flashback episode. It'll probably just be the, uh, that like hologram of Cleon the first, just explaining everything. You think it'll be a moment where dusk is dying and he has a one-on-one. -on -one. He's alone in the room with Demerzel, and he says, "Just answer me this, Lady Demerzel. How did you come to serve this family?" And then she goes and gives like an explanation. No, I, th I think we're gonna get the explanation from from the hologram. Also, you think next week we're picking up with hologram Cleon the first saying, "Yeah, Demerzel, she really pulled the fast one on me, and now she's in charge of all this shit." <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be next episode, um, but I, I would be surprised if we get a whole, like, you know, flashback episode of everything that went down in the past. Like, I feel like it's just going to be explained enough so we understand what's going on, which also leaves there, you know, it leaves a lot of open room for, uh, you know, maybe future shows, future stories, spinoffs coming out of this. Is Demerzel interesting enough to have a full on robot wars? prequel is demerzel interesting enough she's interesting um i i think that just the whole story of of this massive war between what feels like nearly invincible robots and humankind like i think that would be pretty interesting i think so too depending on how it's done some of these robots have to have a better personality than demerzel you know if they're all just demerzels walking around like that is not interesting you need yeah. your you know your blade runner type who's hunting these these robots these rogue ais yeah and all that but i'd like to see a little bit of actual like demerzel's true personality her true motivation not just i will serve empire no give me some of like who are you demerzel and also how did you come about being a luminist like a, lu a believer in luminism because yeah. she's still clutching that little salt pearl with her life right mhm mm so how does that tie in with her hold with her duties as we understand it from this episode as the one who holds the true power, the one who's keeping the empire together? I don't know. I I do think that it probably wouldn't be a whole bunch of Demerzels, at least not looking like Demerzel. I wonder if we'd we'd see them in this uh origin story, whatever you want to call it, without their skin. Like it's gonna just look like a bunch of Terminators walking around. Oh, like metallic Terminator yeah. people? Yeah. Hmm. Could be interesting. All right, uh, let's start getting into a recap. Before we do, thank you all for tuning in. However you found a way to tune in here, uh, as you know, or maybe you don't know, and this is your first time finding out, we have been banned by, we've had the privilege of being banned by Apple Incorporated themselves on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube for the high crime of question mark. We don't know yet what the high crime of what we <laughs> actually violated is. Thanks to Apple's convoluted system of copyright infringement, we have no idea. And this whole process is very frustrating for all of you out there who are listening. So uh, thank you all for who have supported. If you're listening to us, it's probably on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Twitter. We actually had a listener yesterday who seemed to have been like live watching on Twitter and leaving us commentary on the episode. So 
join her on there and uh i think we had like what 800 views on just on a, just about 800 yeah so follow us over there uh links as always are in the description and email us at contact the i am and so is zach in communication with whoever the hell we're talking to from apple right now which we don't <laughs> know it could be just some random customer service representative who has no power at all at apple or it could be somebody from an actual claims and support team we have no idea but they have quickly terminated us from youtube and we have no way of actually resolving this on our own without them retracting their takedown requests which they are very slow to do so because it's labor day weekend zach and that means ain't nobody working i mean even on regular weekends ain't nobody working so yeah that's for sure yeah well, we're trying to get this resolved as soon as possible for all of you out there we are taking a hit on our end we're seeing the numbers literally cut in half because apple podcast is our biggest platform so actually more we're taking more than a 50 percent 64 percent yeah, 64, 65% hit because of Apple Podcasts not being there. But once again, thank you all for tuning in. And we hope you have been able to circumnavigate and figure out why it looks like, hey, why haven't the hell they have them posted on Friday or Wednesday? What's going on with these guys? They, they're not doing what they need to do. We have. It's just not an Apple Podcast because we can't post there right now. So let's get into the recap. Let's do it. I really want this device, by the way. The uh, the device. Silencer? That, yeah. That's awesome. It'd be great to use it on people. Oh my gosh, no. I everybody comments about how quietly I walk all the time. Mm-hmm. So if I had that, I'd be invincible. What would you do? How would you be invincible? I'd just I'd sneak around. Nobody would hear me. I don't know if that makes you invincible, Zach. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. if they can't hear me or see me, they won't kill me. If right? they can't see you, then yes. Yes. Yeah. Great Is that device. a common issue? You're people just trying to kill you all the time, yeah, so you just yeah, sneak it around. Know, I just like I had to run inside. No, nah, I'm just messing. But <laughs> it it would be a fun device. I love I love sneaking around, sneaking up on people. One of the low key themes of this season has been this active investigation by Cloud Dominion on Demerzel and Rue in this episode. Although I didn't really catch it on initial watch, she's actually in Demerzel's room, which I probably should have known with the harp there. Yep. But she's sneaking around in Demerzel's room. It's probably the most dangerous task. Like the the, the balls on, on Rue here to, to go in Demerzel's room, who you know is a robot and can probably slice your throat open with a million robot weapons that she has. Yeah. Or she can just touch you and you die like Zephyr Halima. Um, she's in this room and trying to find evidence of Lord knows what. I don't know what she's looking for in this room personally. Did you catch any sense of that? No, I I feel like she was just like exploring, just trying to see what she might stumble across. Um, I didn't think there was anything specific did that you, she was looking for. Did you catch the symbol on the box on Demerzel's desk is the same that activates on the wall to that yes. secret room? Yeah. It's like all the planets start moving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That symbol has to mean something and probably has a deeper meaning that we don't fully know of. I, I I'm assuming it's just a giant symbol for empire. Uh, and who knows, maybe all of the Easter eggs of her being in charge have been there the entire time and now they're going to become a little more evident. Yeah, I, it, it's possible. You know, maybe that's another reason why, you know, everybody here other than the original Cleon has a lower number of catophiles. Um, you yeah. know, we, we know that they, they don't have certain memories. I would imagine, you know, there's things removed, there's things implanted in them as we see, you know, dusk stumbling uh, across the same set of words over and over and over again in this episode about Demerzel and how she's always been there and she always will be. Well, a key thing from this episode and, you know, kind of should lead to the strategy of how Rue and Sarath approach this if they don't act stupid in the next two episodes is apparently Cloud Dominion has created technology that allows them to reverse memory erasure. So they could technically get Dusk, who is taken from Cleon the First. Mm-hmm. And he, and bring back his memories, which would give him the full access to all of Cleon the Cleon the first memories. I don't know if it works that way. So you're you're saying that you would have access to? I feel like you would just have access to your own memories, right? Like I don't think you would remember things that Cleon the first would remember necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would. That's why. Well, yeah, you might have a point. Maybe it doesn't exactly work that way. But if you remember how they talk about. If one of them dies and they were to get replaced, they're constantly sinking their memories to this to this thing. Yeah, but it, it's if, the it's the individual to the other individual, right? Those memories still must exist. There has to be a way, probably, to get them in there. Like it would backed open up on up a server, yeah, yeah, something like that. iCloud, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless Apple doesn't want you to take back your own memories, then they might, uh, they might ban them. <laughs> Unless, yeah, they may. Yeah. Apple's like the Demers out here. They, they're limiting how many cataphiles we have, you know? Yeah. Uh, were you as surprised as I was that Rue and Sarath are legitimately in love with Dusk and Dawn here? Yeah. I didn't really expect to see any of them fall in love with anybody really. I mean, Dawn, Day, and Dusk, they really are the same guy. I mean, I, I think for all intents and purposes, they, they, they are the same person. That is a creepy bit, right? They're all yeah. pretty much in love with the same man. Yeah, and they, and they also hate the same man. It's a real love-hate relationship, right? Interesting. We do get this elaborate breakdown of the robot, of the robot, I mean, the robot of the robot wars, the history of the <laughs> robot wars, where Dusk talks about Emperor Benefoss, who was slaughtered by a robot. I'm assuming the prequel robot wars would begin with Emperor Benefoss getting killed by a robot. Yeah. And uh, the first law of robots apparently was circumvented at that point, which is that robots are not allowed to cause harm to humans, which ignited two wars. So the robot wars is one, but... Robots versus robots and robots versus humans. Mm -hmm. So it seems there was a faction of robots who were against the fact that that law was circumvented somehow, which is a story, an interesting story of itself. How did he circumvent programming to do so? It shows either somebody was able to reprogram him or her, whoever killed the person. There's some speculation as to whether Demerzel was the person who killed Emperor Benefoss. Would be interesting. Uh, would be very interesting. Uh, or whether maybe they're able to naturally evolve over time where they become sentient. Well, we've had the conversation quite a few times about, you know, whether or not Demerzel has evolved and, you know, made her own decisions, you know, maybe gone against the, the initial programming of the fact that she's here to serve Empire. I think the reality is she is Empire, um, mm -hmm. which, which is interesting. And not in a power-hungry way either. In my opinion, I think it's just in a, these are my orders and I'm carrying them out and I'm a mm -hmm. robot and I'm the best one to carry them out because I can't go against this. It makes sense why she killed Don in season one. Mm -hmm. All of her actions make sense because it's, she's not serving these three. She's serving the one who hired these three. Similar to like how Harry in this episode is asking himself rhetorical questions to figure out what the actual Harry was uh, intending in his design. Yeah. Cleon the first is like light Harry, who's who knows everything. And these three, the genetic uh, dynasty, are like dark Harry, who, who have been given just enough information, but not all of the information. They've been uh, <laughs> left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brother Darkness, right? Yeah, absolutely. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Mm-mm. I wonder if they'll bring that back at some point. I would imagine. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. You're not... I think the, the only real reason why we saw that before is because we needed to get a better understanding of, I guess, how uh, the brothers here evolved, right? Like, how do we yeah. get a new generation? So it, it doesn't feel really relevant uh, to bring back. So we go to Ignis. Uh, Telem is dying of some disease, which she is um, getting around by reincarnating into young bodies. And she's trying to choose more powerful bodies. Uh, I almost used this reference in last episode. Harry Potter spoiler coming in. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Voldemort, the night. Zach, you don't know this either because the movies left this out. So do you care? I don't care. Bring it on. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm actually curious. The night that Voldemort kills Harry, po tries to kill Harry Potter, mm -hmm. right? And he kills his parents. There was one other person who had a birthday that day. Oh, I know. Because that. the prophecy yeah. fulfilled. It was Neville Longbottom. Mm -hmm. But you don't know is that. Harry's uh, mother was a uh, half blood. So she wasn't pure blood. The the long bottoms are pure blood. They were mm. aurors as well. So they were the they were stronger wizards. If you look at it by just scouting report, who would you prefer? You'd probably choose the long bottoms, right? Yeah. But he doesn't because the prophecy is pretty much saying that the person the baby born on this day is going to kill him. Mm. So what he did was he chose the one who he most saw himself in, and that's why he chose Harry. Now. He meant to, I think, create, um, actually, he, I think he unintentionally created a Horcrux by placing yes. it in Harry. But that's kind of what Tellum's doing here, right? She's choosing 
as her body, she's choosing the strongest that she can find. The ones who have natural power to enhance her power all the more. Because we find out that her ability to hear, right? She talks about Gail knowing that Harry died. Yeah. The moment it happened. That she was able to feel that suffering, right? Apparently, the power they have is to feel the suffering. Mm-hmm. Which explains how, tell them, I guess it's real, she was able to hear all this suffering off planet. The thing that's confusing to me about this Ignis storyline, we don't know if anything we're looking at is real here. We don't know if Salvor was actually in that pool last episode. We don't know because mm. we this whole scene we get with Gale coming out to the beach to confront her. Yeah. Um, that is a hologram, or not a hologram? It's a, it's a, it's not real. Tellum's looking into where Gale is. It's Gale's actually in prison. Maybe Salvor was already in prison last episode. Mm. Maybe Harry's not even where he is. You know, um, it would be shocking to me. If Harry's actually dead, like it would truly be shocking to me. I'm kind of leaning into him actually being dead, though, right? Like the whole, you know, you felt him die the moment he died. Listen, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to bring back to revive to Harry and then have him killed in like his next episode's appearance. Like that's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I watch, the more I think this version of Harry really is dead. Um, now the, the the nice thing is we know there's you know more than more than one backup because there's there's dark Harry who just is now going. a bit more aware of the plan. So just clone yourself again, man. That'd Split be... yourself into like another, uh, you know, another being inside of your uh, quantum entangled uh, prime radiant. That would be so so whack if they just keep on going back to Uno's world to give him a new body every time. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the thing that we catch in this episode is that a lot of these uh, cult members, just call them Tellum's cult, are being controlled by her. But that little boy who comes to the beach, uh, Josiah, mm-hmm. he's able to break free of whatever hold she has because he's disobeying her by bringing a scouting report back to Salvor. Yeah. Which leaves my theory that this boy is super powerful and may one day become the mule. That would be awesome. That would be pretty neat. I, I could see it, man. I, I really could. I don't think time really matters much. He'll grow up a few years, lock himself away for a few hundred years. We're good. All right, to Pride Rock on Trantor. <laughs> Emperor Day is preparing this grand ceremony to execute Brother Constant and Polly. And it's, it's got to be the highlight scene of the season, if, if we're being honest, right? Hmm. We have... Um, we have, hold on, my camera's out of focus here. There we go. Uh, we have a, just a grandstanding situation here. We have Sarah, who looks like a battered wife up there next to her true lover, Don. And everyone's staring on. The entire galaxy is watching, which would explain how Hober Mallow is able to figure out where to jump to, to save mm-hmm. these these two, right? Yes. Well, really, Polly gets left in the dust, but, but um, Constant gets saved. It's unfortunate. It's mm. unfortunate. Polly, Polly left behind. Come on, save Polly. Someone has to die. You can't. Not everybody can get away in a in a rescue like this. It's just Hober showing up. Yeah. What do you think of this? We've seen two execution devices. We've got this uh, circular disc thing, and then we got the Titan's prick. Which is your preferred way to go, Zach? <laughs> if I had to pick a way to go, it would be the disc. Really. I'd rather have my head lopped off than be impaled. I feel like it'd be quicker, less what painful. If, what if the blade malfunctions and like, you know, the guillotine, sometimes they have to do it twice back yeah, in the French yeah, Revolution. Yeah. It doesn't cut all the way through, a little mm-hmm. dull. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it would be, I mean, th- this disc looks like it closes really, really quickly with great force. Mm-hmm. Um, it would suck if that thing closed slow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm sure they can tweak the settings to like yeah, really make it yeah, bad. Yeah, I could imagine. So maybe maybe I'd pick the other device, the uh, the massive. I don't. I don't think a prolonged. Metal. I don't think a prolonged executing like blade style there would play well on national TV of the Empire. No, no, it's got to be quick. 
I guess in the future, we're just televising executions, like live. This is what goes on. Because this yeah, is I mean, technically... it's almost like what was done in the past, right? Like you bring yeah. everybody to the, to the town square and you watch a hanging. I would have preferred if they did this in the Coliseum. You know, they had like a whole Coliseum thing. They should have set them up to fight. It would have yeah, been a gladiator big... style. <laughs> and none of them are, are like true fighters. So it would have been really interesting. Right? Yeah. Uh, like Hober's rescue would have been almost even cooler. Because it would have been like, day would be where Caesar is, and he'd be like, mm. crying like a, you know, like a the wuss he is, as we see in this episode. Yeah, it'd be great. But it kind do- it kind of be like the way the, you know in uh, Star Wars, the uh, Clone Wars, everybody's in that arena. Yeah, you got yeah. The wild animals. The, the rest, it would kind yeah. of be like that. Yeah. Then, then the uh, very poor aim would maybe make a little more sense because yeah. you're a bit distracted with all of the wild beasts coming after you. Yeah, was that episode three? Episode two. Two. Where Yoda has that epic moment, or is that three? Uh, he has a couple epic moments between two and three, I think. Yeah. He fights Dooku in two, and then he fights uh, Palpatine in three. Yeah, I think it was three that I'm thinking about. Um, we see, a, I think this scene was really well done, because it shows you everybody watching throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, we see Cermak watching constant, which I'm not entirely certain that Cermak's actually her father, to be honest with you. Um, the, I think the verdict's out on that one. And then Peter, Peter, the way she says the name, mm-hmm. he's a thespian as well. If you catch his eyes, I did not catch that earlier in the season, or maybe I did and I'm forgetting. But yeah. um, Sir Max keeping a good poker face here. As I thought, Brother Constant was saying her last words here. I thought these, this was it when she was saying that prayer. I thought that was going to be like the the battle cry of the Foundation in this in this war, and I thought. It was completely leading to a justifiable war now because the Empire struck first, pretty much, right? Yeah, so did they, I. They I took thought the life, she was gone. They took the life of the leader of the Foundation's daughter, you know? Yeah, definitely worthy of starting a war. Yeah. What do you think of Hober picking up, like showing up, and then he picks up the one camera that was in, like, isn't it a bit convenient? That it he was cheesy. Was a, right? I thought that was cheesy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't folks. even notice a camera. <laughs> Executions, man. You know, I thought that the camera, like that little bit of picking up the camera, I get it for the sense of like, you know, thematically everyone seeing that it's Hober Mallow and him he be, him becoming the face of the resistance. Because now, whether he likes it or not, he is the face of the resistance. He has proven that Empire is um, touchable. Yes. As, as uh, Glaywin said or Bell said? I think Bell said. Yeah. One of those two. And, and but let me tell you, Bell did not look. I know that he captures Hober at the end of this episode, but he did not. Let me say this. I think Bell can be swayed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's out of the question. Um, I think he definitely could be persuaded to join the Foundation's cause. And really, if they were going to strike, it should be now. It should be at, at the moment that Day is taking this very risky trip across the galaxy where they're going to the the biggest place of force for the Foundation. Yeah. And where Bell's Navy is nearby where they can surround Empire. Yeah, it's definitely a great time to attack. Um, and who knows, Maybe maybe we'll get a glimpse of it by the end of this season, maybe maybe that'll kind of lead us into next season with just this massive war going on between Terminus and uh, Trantor. Yeah, you know the the scene with Becky going after Day on top of here is 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 excellent. I mean, it's delightful to see Day screaming in in, in <laughs> cowardly fear uh, as he runs. It, I mean, it's hard to ever, no matter what, even though even though it's understandable why he would scream like that, mm-hmm. you really can't come back from looking like that. Like when the audience sees you looking like that, there's no way he can now look tough to no. us ever again. No, no, um, not at all. The great, great scene. Didn't didn't like the the way it looked when he was thrown there, but I, I liked it. I liked seeing him terrified. It is very yeah, funny. It, it was very fun to see him terrified. <laughs> I will say this: Lee Pace plays the cowardly tough guy really well. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him in another role like this. I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Yeah. Huh. But I will say this. The scene where he's screaming at Becky, like straight looking at her face. Mm-hmm. That's in the trailer. 
And I thought that that would have been a completely different situation and scenario. I, I never would have imagined that that moment was on Trantor. Yeah, I thought that was on Terminus. Yeah, same. I um, thought that was on a battlefield somewhere, which I guess... Yeah. This I is mean, it is now. <laughs> it is a battlefield now. Where, where the hell did Demerzel go while he was running from his life, you know, with his... Uh, running for his life? Where was she? I you, think she was just standing over top bullshit. of where... where No, she, remember, remember when the, when the ship came in, um, she, she, she pounced on him, yeah. right, to protect him because his uh, device, whatever... Um, was was basically broken. Um, he yells at her to get off of him. I think she just stayed there. I mean, I don't, I don't think she moved anywhere else because she got over to him quickly. Bullshit. That robot man. She doesn't see with human eyes. She knows exactly where Day is this entire time. Maybe she doesn't care what happens. I think that's exactly what happened there. She should have. She could have killed him right then if she wanted to, though. Could have. Dude, she she could she could have killed everybody in like. <laughs> in empire if her desire over was to over truly again. end the genetic dynasty she could kill all three of them at once destroy the tanks mm-hmm. and take power for herself at any moment that she wants she could she could do this but yeah. would the people accept a robot queen is the question hmm. I I feel like there may have been like a, a point in time where there was like a robot queen or something like that. I mean, on the mural, it's clear as day that that is a robot. Yeah. And it looked like the robot was ruling. So I don't, I mean, I, w- I would only assume that there was a point in time in which that was the case. There was an actual robot, you know, clearly on, on the front leading the empire. I actually took that painting as a different meaning. I, I it looked to me like the robot was keeping the empire together, like almost like when Spider Man is trying to save that subway from going yes. off of the thing, and he has the two webs. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me on the on the robot painting. But um, what do you think about Day's response here? Because this to me could be the domino that begins the downfall of Empire. You know, if he leaves now with Demerzel, you have Don who gets it on with Sarath, and you have Dusk getting it on with Rue. Dusk is making key discoveries about Demerzel. Mm-hmm. This could be when he comes back to Trantor. He's coming back to a completely different beast, man. I think that's going to be the case. I, you know, I think. I think we're we're still going to have some sort of warring between him and and his other brothers. I mean, the the motive has definitely been built up since the beginning of this season, just with all of the moves that he's making and taking down the empire, uh, at least as it as it currently is. His response I, is so dumb to me. What wanting to go talk to them? Yeah, I just want to go talk. I would destroy them. Yeah, I mean, you've got the power, man. Like again, go look back at season one. What was it, episode two? Uh, just wiping out two planets, Thespis and Anacreon. You don't even have really to destroy easy. the planet. I would just, dude, just go destroy them and go get the technology. You're not going to be able to convert these people to being loyal servants of, of Empire. They've no, been operating without you for over 130 something years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just go take care of business. It's not like this guy's the the king of empathy, you know? He literally killed his wife's family. So now you're going to go talk to Terminus when they literally almost killed you and everybody else and now you look like the biggest joke in front of the entire galaxy you yeah. televised your own clown show like it's oh yeah this was definitely Homer Mallow piercing the uh the side of empire do you think this is the the event that they named the piercing I so 100% 100% so there's nothing else coming with Homer Mallow doing anything else to the well, empire well uh, th- there could be like th- like this could just be the first thing uh the first domino if you will but i absolutely think this is the this is the piercing right i mean we we get in this episode salvor telling dark harry uh Mm -hmm. about hober because that's when we find out like hey these two stories that we've been watching have not been happening at the same time yeah Um, you have this whole storyline with trantor and the foundation ahead and ignis is happening sometime in the past where they were able to 
find Hober and all that. Exactly. And, you know, that's that's where we find out that that's how Dark Harry knows the name Hober Mallow. Yeah. Uh, he, he, up until that point, didn't know that he could peer into another Prime Radiant mm-hmm. um, or the, the other instance of it and see what's going on. And Salvor goes to mention that Hober, Hober pierces the side of Empire. She, she tells him that. So I absolutely think that, that this is what's been referenced. I have this haunting suspicion that we are watching the tragedy of Sarath and Rue here. Like, this is not going to end well. The way that they're playing their political hand, mm-hmm. uh, they're both being a bit reckless here. You have Sarath who's sort of uh, pushing a bit too far here with Don and doing things on her own timeline rather than thinking about her planet, Cloud Dominion. I think everything's going to end poorly here for Sarath if she doesn't really listen to anybody and she makes a questionable decision. Yeah. I agree with you, man. I I don't think she's played her hands very well throughout this season. I mean, even, even in the last episode where she's uh, be, being inspected and, and prepared uh, to have a kid with Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the timing of, of when she spills this th- these bits of information about, oh, Demerzel, I know you're a robot, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I would have kept that in my back pocket a little longer. I think the reason Demerzel has to rule with these three in charge is because the people of the Empire wouldn't accept her as as the Empress, right? Probably. I mean, she is the last robot that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they've been outlawed, like it's illegal to, yeah. I guess for, for that to even be for her to be on Ignis, Josiah brings news to Salvor about what's going on with Gail. She's being prepared for this ceremony that Josiah has a weird take on. He says it's quite the special honor to be the table. So I guess he's maybe witnessed tell him do this before, which doesn't make any sense. Because she says she does it every like 60, 70 years. Harry is pretty much confirmed to be dead, although I don't believe it. And Salvor uses the radiant, which she put in her jacket at some point, and I didn't notice, to communicate with Terminus Harry, since as we know, the prime radiant is a quantum device in superposition, so it can exist in two places at once, which everyone knows this, right, Zach? Yeah, every, everybody is very familiar with quantum you know, um, theories like, and things like that. It's the first thing, one of the first things they teach you in school. It's usually it's your colors and two plus two, and then quantum, quantum devices can exist in superposition yep. and exist in two places at once. Yep. I love this scene with Dark Harry here, figuring out that he is the left hand. He's the one who is the <laughs> control group rather than uh, the one overseeing the experiment, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah overall take on it I, I'll, I will take back some of what i said earlier in the season of thinking that he might have more of a nefarious bend to him uh i think he's just he is harry but with less information if that makes sense he's yeah. actually uh, he's part of the church of the galactic spirit if you think about it because he's he's following a plan that he doesn't have all the the info on that's true though he doesn't know he doesn't have all of the info until until now by the way, uh, this Prime Radiant unfolded. I, I could swear my niece has this exact toy. They, they're magnets, and they fold like that in that ex- in those exact shapes. <laughs> but they're different colors. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure a parent out there in the audience knows exactly what these toys are I'm talking about. They have like magnets, and you can bend them and fold them. And I'm pretty sure I could build a Prime Radiant today. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it shows you the math to, to predict. No, no, the not the math. <laughs> Minus the the quantum device and the superposition, uh, I can build the shape of it today for sure. I would hope so. Yeah. You could definitely three D print it pretty easy. You have a three D printer? Uh, my brother does. He does? Yeah, he does. I'm not gonna ask. Why. He's really into it. I, I don't know. Uh, who owns a three D printer? Aren't those my things brother. like five thousand dollars? <laughs> I mean, you can pay a lot for them, but some some are definitely cheaper and then you can like build on to it over time which he's been doing i mean he's he's been investing into it quite a bit i feel like that is quite the specialty to get into because almost nobody is really an expert in 3d printing uh so he he might be leading into quite a lucrative path there maybe he's thinking about selling some stuff though i don't know what 
Yeah, he should. All right. This combo with Harry. He helps her with the math to get out of this with the, those nullifying plates in a way that is uh, interesting. The way uh, they're working with each other because he, they're trying to kind of toe this line of not giving Harry too much information to throw off this, the plan. But at the same time, she wants to continue to give him a bit of information. So Salvor is pretty much being the definition of an outlier here by putting her hand on the psychohistory mm-hmm. and uh, manipulating it. Because we end this scene with her giving the name of Hober Mallow to um, Harry, which yeah. leads to the etching, that black ominous font on the vault <laughs> while the warden is, Warden Jaeger is being killed outside. Yes. I, it makes me wonder, you know, what, what's going to happen here. And again, I have not read the books. I know you haven't read the books either, but, you know, I, I wonder if this is maybe another situation where we deviate from some of that initial story maybe there will never be a second foundation not not like harry initially intended maybe not let's go to hober do you think they're push they're like fast forwarding this love story with with constant and hober just a bit too fast i mean they have sex in this episode which is fine and everything but in terms of the situation, like they they could be killed by galaxy, like by the Empire, I get it, but I see zero chemistry between these two. Yeah, yeah, it. I mean, they're 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 making some pretty quick moves here. It's literally their their second date, if you will. Though neither of these dates have truly been a date. Both of them have been execution events. Um, I, I just find like when you watch a TV <laughs> show and you have two people. Usually, like you're rooting for it all season. Like, yeah, when are these two gonna get together? You know. Yeah, it felt. It felt. A, I don't want to. I don't know rushed. if I want to say it felt forced, but it did. It did feel rushed. I was like, oh, we're here already, and it's really cringy. But we're here, okay. Um, yeah. I I would have maybe wanted to. I mean, I I get like the the opportunity time here. Like, you know, you're at my execution. I was at yours. We might not get the chance to do this ever. Um, as we're floating, trying to be silent right yeah. next to the Look, uh, the spaceship you, from you, Bell. So. You know who does what I'm talking about well? Hmm. Outer Banks. They did it well <laughs> in Outer Banks with with a particular couple in there where you're waiting for it, you're waiting for it, and you're waiting for it, and they make yep. you, you're like, come on, get together, get together. And finally, you know, it happens. But what's going on here? Just too too fast. It feels like they're rushing the thousand year timeline thing, and so some of these relationships are developing faster than usual. Yeah, I'm not invested into the relationship. Me neither. That, that's that's the thing, right? Me like, I, I guess that's the best way I could put it. There's just no investment into it. It's just like, okay, it's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's almost better if it's not communicated for a while, but it, maybe it's because constants come on so strong mm. that it's a little bit off putting to a degree where it's like. Just let things flow a bit, yo. Like, it would have been better if it was like a prolonged relationship throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. And then that moment happens at the end and you're like, he saved her. He actually likes her. You know, something like that. Yeah. Rather than just like, you saved me. Take off your trousers and let's have sex. Yeah. The, like, the, the tension of never being able to actually have sex because you're always interrupted by executions. You're always interrupted. Like, like the moment they're about <laughs> yeah. to, the spotlight from Bel Rios' <laughs> ship hits, you know, like right before they kiss. Something yeah. like that. That would have been more comical too, which would feel more in line with with uh, Hober's kind of character as well. Yeah, I mean, I know that's like a trope that's often used in shows with the whole like the ki- two characters about to kiss and then yeah, hey guys, I was thinking about, and then you get they get interrupted by the <laughs> the oblivious friend. He goes, "Wait, did uh did I did I interrupt something?" Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. You know, a character I want to see more of, I think he's been great in really owning his role, but we don't really see much of him. And hopefully that changes in the next two episodes as Day's heading to his planet is Cermak. Uh, I think Cermak's been absolutely owning that role uh, as leader of the foundation and the one who's been doing it right because if he hadn't built um, a legitimate force there, and yeah. these whisper ships and all sorts of things like that, none of this goes down. So Cermak is an unsung hero here. I mean, he's got to be doing something right to have all of this nice technology, which Empire doesn't even have, which I find very impressive. Like, I, I, I wondered, I'm like, how, to, how did you even do that? Maybe they 
borrowed technology from the the uh, the Invictus. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, some they definitely took inspiration from the Invictus. So Salvor's hand is pretty much on everything here. Day's on his way to Terminus, and um, he has a pretty interesting conversation with Polly, who says, "I'm the only person to witness the first and second crisis of the first foundation." And he uses um, a quote from Abbas, which is Salvor's father, or I don't know what you would call him, because he's, he's not the stepdad. He's, what is he? Adopted. Well, adopted father. Yeah, let's just say adopted yeah, father. Something like that. I'm not quite sure how, how that works, but close enough. Yeah, he uses the quote, violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. And um, it's interesting. He said that we had a warden, an old warden saying that... Which is cool that Terminus has their own culture and their own sayings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which also feels very fast forwarded because usually a, a culture is not developing in 138 years, I don't think. You know what I mean? Maybe, I mean, I guess it is, but where you have like Psalms and wise sayings in 138 years, it feels very quick. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, like. How old is Polly, for God's sake? He's I would imagine his, he's late 50s. He's got to be in his, no, he's got to be in his hundreds. Huh. Salvor's been in cryo yeah, for no, 138 years, so he's got to be 150 something. Could he have slept for some period of time? Maybe. Like maybe, I mean, the whisper, they couldn't have had whisper ships all that time. So, you know, maybe just from his years of traveling before whisper ships were a thing, he would go into, I don't know, maybe he'd go into cryo sleep as he would travel from one planet to another. We do That's know he's the last he's the last one alive from his time. So yeah. it would have to be something like that. Yeah. Which again doesn't uh bode well for your previous warden there, does it? Yeah. After Hober and Constant hook up, they are apprehended by Bell, which as I mentioned earlier in the episode, Bell and Glaywin, specifically Glaywin seems inspired by Hober's um, heroics and his defiance to the Empire. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder how that is going to play out next episode. We know Bell, Bell's position on in all this, at, what, at least what it last was, is that Empire is the, the best poison. It's like the least, you know, picking your poison, he chooses Empire, because if not, it just becomes a huge power vacuum in the Empire, which leads to more suffering than if Empire just stayed in power. Yeah. Which I respectfully disagree. <laughs> respectfully disagree, Bill. Um, let these planets govern themselves and deal with it there. But I'd rather that than have Demerzel ruling over me. I Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not have Demerzel ruling over me either. I don't know what she's thinking. You never know what she's thinking. That's the problem. What did you think of Dusk and Rue, this whole little investigative series they got going on here? I really liked the whole investigation thing. Like I, I, I like exploring and kind of being along on the ride with them to, to discover these things that they didn't even know, we didn't know. Um, I, f- I always find these things kind of interesting. I, I've always been a sucker for like mysteries and investigative things, so I, I like it. I love the fact that Dusk is the old timer here. Mm-hmm. And while everyone is pushing him to the sunset, he's just continually proving over and over again like, you know, we have something to offer too. And without his keen eye, this is truly only a discovery that Dusk could make because of his experience with painting this damn mural. I agree. Yeah. He's the person for the job here. Yeah. Now, he definitely didn't paint this section of it because otherwise he would know what he was covering up. But this is the one bit of the episode I'm confused about because Mm -hmm. they go to this hidden room that's pretty much from the time of Cleon the First. And Cleon the First says this used to be a prison. And my question is, what what was the prison for? I hope we get clarity on what that was for, but your thoughts on what this building room was for, what the original purpose was, and what it evolved into? Hmm. I wonder... So maybe maybe part of what I'm going to say hinges on the, the, the idea of... Demerzel being that that one robot that killed uh, the emperor in the past. Maybe it was a prison for her. Mm-hmm. 
And over time, she she changed or was reprogrammed. And, you know, this, I mean, it was no longer, I, I guess, I guess her prison or anything like that. So my guess is it, it was for her, assuming she, she did kill uh, previously. And now that she's under control of Cleon the first, or so we thought, you know, this has kind of been like locked up and shut down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. It's just full of question marks for me. I have, I have no idea what the purpose of this room is and what it may lead to, but hopefully it leads to more answers from Cleon because Demerzel is a galaxy away right now or yeah. several light years away. Is that how you thought that device was going to work for Don? No, man, that was, that was way more rough than I expected. Rough? <laughs> it seemed like it. That looked nasty. I'm not going to lie. I thought that device was supposed to go elsewhere. I thought that was supposed to go in your junk. I, I thought that too, um, which I guess I suppose would have been worse. Would have been worse. Uh, I thought that was yeah, like something sure. else, man. Yeah. Ooh, he got no, it kinda, And it kind of looked like something else, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, did, uh, it looked painful, man. I mean, that, that thing like cuts an incision or whatever. It's, you got like three. Yeah, Not good. Yeah. No, I, I, hope, I hope we never have uh, forms of... of uh, birth control like that yeah <laughs> uh salvor escapes her prison gail has been set at the table and she gets an explanation a long lengthy bond villain explanation from Telem on how she reincarnates into people to extend her life from this disease that is killing her because apparently her whole life was her childhood was wasted uh because people worshiped her as a god and it effed her up in the mind I definitely did something to her. Yeah, she she's killing just enough time here for Salvor to whip her sonic discs out and <laughs> escape, I guess. I I would imagine all of those devices are the exact defense that they need against this entire community. Block everybody's uh Yeah, she's gonna tune, just like, tone. be around a bunch of plates. Hopefully she can tear down that entire empire uh like temple. It just blow up all the rocks in it. That would be fantastic. Yeah, though I feel like a lot of the people here, man. Like if Telem was gone, like I feel like they would they would worship Gale at that point. No, I think that their minds would become free. They'd be like, "Whoa, where am I? Who that am too. I?" Yeah. Um, I I would really like Telem to get the Moonshrike uh, treatment that Harry brought to uh, the <laughs> woman who who betrayed him, right? Yeah, and turned Indiana. But mm, we'll see. How is Don's situation going to play out with Day when he now says that he doesn't want Day to rear his child? Seems to be leading to either Don exists or Day exists. And uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how that plays out and, um, and what goes down there. Because like I said earlier, when Day comes back to this palace, it's going to be a completely different place. Dusk is operating with the new... Both Dusk and Don are operating with... Uh, enlightened states on Demerzel's true purpose and true role. Yeah. While Day is kind of in the dark, uh, Demerzel will probably catch on first as to what's going on. Mm. And now Don knows that Sarah's probably going to be pregnant now and doesn't want Day to be first and foremost banging the girl he loves mm -hmm. and uh, two, raising his child. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if... Uh... I guess what the Galactic Council might remove Day from from power or something when he comes back. I I really think that we're we're going to have some sort of fighting between Dawn and Dusk against Day and Demerzel. Um, the question being who who's going to win? I'm not quite sure. Dawn does not have a great track record <laughs> at this point. Um, but no, I, I would, I would like for him and maybe that'll kind of carry us on into, to the next season. We get this, uh, rejuvenated emperor, right? I'm He's young. Yeah. I'm beginning to feel bad for Gail. I feel like Gail's always in a position where she's being used in this show. She's never in a position of ever being actually in control of anything. I think she's eventually going to get pissed about this. I think she has been pissed. She's been used by Harry, used by Empire, used by Tellum. Like, everybody just uses her, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the only person who didn't use her was Raish, and he's dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, almost got her killed. I mean, I'd like to see Gale stepped out of this, out of this, you know, 
freaking position of always being used and just I hope she's the one who kills Tellum. You know? For once great. stand up. That would be fantastic. Yeah. You know? I mean she's gonna if she's gonna be this leader of uh what are they called? Tella Mentalics. Yeah, the Mentalics, thank you. If she's gonna be the leader of, of a Mentalic army, like she's gonna have to do something. She's gonna have to I guess deviate from the math. Yes. Um, and to your point, kill Talum, right? Like take control and start. I I don't want to say start being the person to use people, but at least stop being used by others. Yeah. All right. Rounding out this episode, Dusk discovers Cleon the First, who appears in this dungeon prison type room. Uh, Don has just finished hooking up with Sarith, and. Day goes to make the jump while we get this long, haunting stare of Demerzel, the forever empress. I like it. Are we reading meaning into Demerzel's stares and facial expressions here, or is she truly this sort of ominous deviant who is uh, in control? Why is she looking at the outer rings of Trantor like this, by the way, with this contempt? I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe she just, maybe she doesn't like Day. What would you tell Demerzel if you were in a room with her? What would be the first question you ask her? Oh, that's a, that's an interesting question. First and foremost, where are you taking her? <laughs> I'm going to take her to the, uh, to the garden and sit her down on the bench. Sit her down I'm going to kill all the, of her family. On the Azura bench. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm just curious to know actually how old she is, right? Like, what? What is? I mean, what is her origin story? How? How has she come Spoiler. to serve Empire? Like, that's what I want to know. I think that would be very revealing to a lot of her her motives. Okay. All right. How about you? What would I ask her? Yeah. I'd say um, regular or decaf. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say I ain't asking her. I ain't messing with this robot, man. You crazy? You <laughs> what do you want me to do? You can kill me. Immediately. <laughs> Can I All leave right. and you not kill me? Yeah, yeah. All right. That rounds out this episode. We lead into the next episode with a few things going on. Holber's been captured by Bell. Day's heading to a face off with Cermak, which should be the most interesting part of next episode. Gale's uh, either gonna become Tellum Tellum the third or um or Salver's gonna save her, hopefully the latter. Harry is hopefully alive. I would hope. And um, Dusk hopefully gives all of us in the audience answers as to, to what the hell Demerzel's story is. Yeah. And we also have all of the storylines coming together finally. It doesn't seem like there's any split storytelling going on where we, we alternate every other episode. So I think we're going to have a lot happen in the next two episodes. Mm-hmm. 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 Well... Getting into the categories, who's your favorite character? Hober, man. Of course. Hober. Hober saving the day. Yeah. If it's not okay. Hober today, then when the hell is it going to be Hober? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe, he'll do something spectacular in the next two episodes. I don't know. Okay. I liked... I'm going to go with, with, with Dusk. I, I just liked this, the whole investigation scenes going on with him. I like the explanations that we got from him. I enjoyed it. Hmm. How about your favorite scene? Hober's rescue, man. Hober's rescue. You're, you're hanging on. To, you're hanging on Hober. Okay. I am going to go with. I loved Becky throwing day. That was great. <laughs> so I'll pull it from the same uh, from the same scene, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in on that specific moment. I thought it was just hilarious. I loved seeing Day run around, um, and and Becky actually do some damage. Though I am sad that she's she's gone. Sorry, I don't think she's alive. I think I saw the body. How about favorite line? Favorite line. Um... That one's a tough one for me on this one. I really do like the the recalling of Abbas's line of violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. I, I always love that line. I kind of like the line that uh, Dusk got stuck on. You know, the Demerzel's always been here. She always will be sort of line. Yeah. Just, I thought it was kind of ominous, interesting, revealing. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll pick like that it. one. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. I got some from the mailbox. I got some from Ooh. the mailbox here. I got a few emails pulled up here. Let's start. We got two from Linder, one from last week I wanted to mention. Um, I think Zach called it during the instant reaction. There's no way that both Harry and Salvor are dead. Gail must have figured out how to beat Telem at her own game. There were, se- there were several hints during episode seven when Gail tried to get Salvor to back down. Linder, you were wrong, pal. Gail's tied to the, ki- the dinner table. So uh, <laughs> hopefully Salvor saves her next episode. Uh, from Daryl, uh, we got a confirmation of what I had mentioned, which was that the place that drowned Harry had to be shot in a parking lot because the original place got flooded. That was from the original writers of the show. He took that from That's from Daryl. Cool. Uh, we got one from Ryan. Let me see if this is from last week. Okay. Perhaps Gail felt it when Sabor was killed by Tellum and her cronies, like when they felt the ghost Moloch's being boiled. I mean, we know she lives somehow, so Gail must be rushing to her aid as soon as she felt the fear. Harry, on the other hand, is harder to predict. This version of Harry certainly isn't dead already, but it does appear that he drowned and his body has been floating there for a day or so. I am interested to see how he survived because there's no way he's dead already. Thoughts on Demerzel. Is it possible that after hearing Harry speak to Empire in Season 1, her robot brain has analyzed things through the scope of psychohistory and she has been using it and acting it in ways to course correct things in favor of Empire? After all, she is programmed to defend Empire above all else. Maybe she sees that psychohistory is credible and she is doing all that she can, even if it is just delaying the inevitable. Just another theory for me that will not come true. Laugh out loud. I'm just trying to figure her out. I actually am still leaning towards that she is vengeful. Vengeful about how things went down in Season 1 and is trying to take Empire down, or at least manipulating it to a point where she is actually the one running things. Hey, Ryan, you were onto it there. Yeah. In addition to the below, Goal, Go, oh, Gale, my bad. He misspelled. Gale can also predict the future, like with she knew about the, when she knew about the Starbridge bombing, Raish killing Harry, the events on the ship at Helicon, etc. So perhaps she felt or saw the attempt on Salvor's life before it happened and was already on her way to stop it. Wrong! Or at least um, from what we think is going on in Ignis, it's wrong. <laughs> if I recall, she was walking around counting primes when it happened, which I believe she was doing at the other times when she felt the future. Not sure about that, but I seem to remember it being that way. Uh, I think uh, Gail makes it out all right, but I think we're all, we were all wrong about Gail. Yeah. Uh, from Donovan, he was able to catch our podcast on Pocket Cast. So if out there, if you don't like Spotify or Google Podcasts or Twitter, try Pocket Casts. We got a long one from Rodrigo. Hey there. It was sad for me not to find your instant reaction for Foundation Episode 8. I was already sad for Becky. I thought of her <laughs> as a tank and two shots and she's down, literally. I remember one episode which you which you mentioned that you couldn't post a video side by side as you make your deep dives and such to not infringe copyright and boom, tell them got you. Hope everything gets sorted out and have you back on YouTube soon. I looked for you throughout your homepage and now I'm listening through Spotify. I have prepared an email for you guys defending Harry and not killing Gail, not liking Gail since episode one or two of season two. However, life got in the way and I couldn't finish it. I'll try to remember. A few comments now that I'm listening to your instant reaction. One, remember that Star Wars was inspired by Foundation, so that's why the Stormtroopers have such a bad aim. It's like the, <laughs> shol- the soldiers shooting at nothing during the rescue scene. Great yeah. point there, Rodrigo. Day t- uh, number two, they has been seen very weak throughout the season. In season one, they transpire, they um, communicated royalty and power, and now especially Day seems weak. It's kind of a contradiction that the first scene of this season, Day was fighting for his life butt naked. And now that he faced Becky, he just ran, not very royal. Many scenes where Day shows weaknesses with Sarath. First, when she wants to see the exponents. He could have just said in due time, but he does as she pleases. He's also weak when Sarath goes to the room to see evidence of the assassination attempt. Probably another one is when she implies to him that she knows he's behind the assassination of her family. Anyway, the DNA corruption seems tougher each time. That's what he wrote. It mm-hmm. is intriguing how that was pretty much thrown under the rug this season and just mentioned it by corrections to the DNA. I agree with you there. It's a very deep plot against Empire through many generations. After this episode, my suspicions point to Demerzel as the one behind everything, also the destruction of the Sky Bridge in episode one, season one. Now for sure, if they attack one of the rings orbiting Trantor, they are doomed. Maybe they'll close the season with it. Number three, on the episode, Unnecessary Death left me wondering whose death. Of course, after seeing the title, I immediately thought of Harry but it felt that it referred to everyone else and left me with some hope that he might still be alive. In the episode, they mentioned Sarath's family, many unnecessary deaths. Sarath might have signed her death sentence by confronting Demerzel. Salvor ended up in the same pool as Harry, another unnecessary death. 
Polly and Constant might as well, might as well be as good as death <laughs> since they were still captive after uh, captured after confronting Empire. Harry Hologram was also death after the shock therapy. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> seemed to die. Of course, this comment was before the last episode, and sorry, but your YouTube channel also shot down by Apple. Another unnecessary death. <laughs> sorry, couldn't pass on the irony. Hear you on Sunday. Thank I you. love it. Thank you, Rodrigo. That was great. And lastly, from Linder. Damn, turns out Apple is Tellum and has you guys locked away in one of those nullification dungeons. I kept wondering what was up with the delay in posting and after digging, found your update on Spotify. To quote Mario, Tellum is evil AF. Footnote. Um, okay, yeah, footnote. I'd suggest using your newsletter distribution list to send out a special notice. We are planning on that. Hopefully this week we'll get something out. We just kind of want to hear back from the Apple rep who was helping us at the end of the week and see if we get an update there that we can include in that newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that newsletter, check out our links in the description to subscribe. Zach, to you with the outro. Well, I gotta say, I love all of the comparisons of Apple and Tellum. Really great, so thank you for all of that. But anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast almost anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, as we heard today. You can visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And there are a couple links in the description below. One to sign up for our newsletter where we will be sharing an update on everything going down once we have a little bit more information. And another link to fill out a form we are collecting some responses as we figure out what direction to build the empire perfect thank you all for tuning in and until next time please respect and enjoy the peace